Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Eurowatch, the best podcast on this year's UEFA Euro Championship. I am joined by the ever-wonderful Ritik Sakar. Today, we're going to set out to discuss England's starting lineup and pick it what we think it, it should be. Ritik, I, I was going to ask you how have you been this week, but I think it's better to prefix uh, this to the listeners. Ritik's mood is going to be decided in the next 20 minutes as Man United play the re- remainder of their game against Liverpool. How's it going right now, Ritik? Uh, well, it's a KG two-all draw where both teams are not playing uh, as well as they should. Each have got pretty strong lineups, but um, United scored some pretty good goals and let Liverpool just have it. And now Mane is on, and I'm worried. Um, we've drawn too many games against Liverpool. We need to win this one. I don't really care for the FA Cup much, but uh, let's see. A win got- versus Liverpool is always a win versus Liverpool. There's an air of uh, depression in your voice I was catching on there. That's, um, that's, that was quite sad to listen to. But anyway, you might hear Ritik shout or moan during the game or cheer. But before we get into the episode, we will be seeing this week's shout out as at Patrick underscore MCE. Guess last week's Eurowatch player of the episode first out of multiple people. Let's roll that clip. I began my senior career in Feyenoord after spending seven years with the youth team. I have 43 appearances for my national side, yet just seven of those came in a major tournament where I actually grabbed a goal. I now spend my days at the former club of Ronaldo. If you haven't still been able to clock it, the answer was Stefan de Vrij. I know I threw uh, Ritik off with the clue, the last one, which was uh, the player who played at the same club as Ronaldo. Uh, de Vrij has played at the same club as Ronaldo, just not the Cristiano, the Mr. Brazilian Ronaldo at Inter Milan. Um, but yeah, well done to pa- Patrick underscore MCE for that one. But let's get into our, our episode on England. So, Ritik, where, do you remember where we put England before in our predictions? I think uh, in the uh, England-Portugal episode, I had them out in the quarterfinals. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think you, you did, and I, I, I agreed. I had England out in the quarterfinals. When we when we did England, it was at the depressing time when Kieran Trippier was playing at left wing-back. I'm not sure if you can remember that because most people <laughs> fell asleep during those matches. <laughs> of course, of course. However, we have, uh, you know, it's, there's, there's a bit more interest and intrigue regarding England because uh, given... Uh, their rate of vaccination being quite higher than a lot of the other European nations, they're looking like either they're going to bid to host all the Euros or they're going to bid to host more matches. And I believe the semifinals and the finals were already slated to happen at Wembley. Yes. But, um, yeah, they might They might just uh, keep doing a bit more. So we'll have to wait and watch. It'll be interesting to see, you know, um, how this England team does if they play more games at home. It could only be a boost. Um, as always, I am against hosting the tournament in any more than three countries, especially during this period of time. But uh, that notwithstanding, England have a task on their hands, to say the least. And uh, Alex and I are going to be talking a bit more about where we think uh, these various players are going to line up. So, uh, for you, Alex, uh, who do you have between the sticks? Sorry, I was sorry. I was in Dreamworld. You said about England hosting the uh, the Euros, and I was thinking of in the pub celebrating as England win it on home soil. Anyway, in between the sticks, I have Mister Nick Pope. No argument there. Ass- same. <laughs> exact same. Exact same. Yep. 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 Oh, thank. Thank God. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> why? Why have you picked Nick Pope? 
Um, well, so I did a bit of digging on this and obviously taking out, um, uh, you know, my favorite English keeper, Dean Henderson, because he's barely played um, uh, Premier League football. It wasn't the best move for him to make this year. Of course, that leaves us with Nick Pope, um, Jordan Pinkf- Pickford, and um, I believe uh, Newcastle's goalkeeper, Caldalo as uh, the best England choices. Now, at this point, I'm going to say, given last season, Nick Pope has shown himself to be better at Pickford, both in terms of shot-stopping. He's got, you know, the highest save percentage amongst English keepers, 78%. Obviously, people would say, oh, that's due to me and Tarkowski, but he knows how to drill a strong defensive unit. He's made the fifth most saves out of any keeper in the Premier League. He's got seven clean sheets, calm under pressure, deals pretty well with crosses, and you know, largely doesn't make himself out to be as much of a target as Pickford seems to. But um, let me let me let me get your thoughts on this. Why is Nick Pope the best choice for you? You bring some cold hard facts there. I love that. Um, I'm coming from a very similar rate. Uh, Nick Pope actually has one of the best save rates in all of Europe. And I get that. Uh, I also get what you said. Some people may say that Burnley don't face the highest quality of shots. Well, I'm going to lean into expected goals quickly, which some people may be aware. I'm not going to go into all of the detail, but I'm just going to summarise. People who use the metric and they've measured Premier League, um, goalkeepers across Europe and the Premier League, it ranks Pope as the second best goalie in the league, just behind um, Emmy Martinez. If you were to take the quality of chances compared to the goals Burnley conceded, it's estimated Nick Pope saved at Burnley about five goals this season. That could be the difference between them getting relegated, to be honest. He's also, as you said, he's touched on, he's pretty competent on the ball. He's got a healthy 40% like pass accuracy across all lengths, which means he's not going to, he may not have the amazing distribution of Pickford, which I think is what Southgate really likes Pickford for. Mm. But it's good. I think it'll be solid enough. So I'm I'm very happy you stick, stuck Pope between the sticks. Yeah, so. I, I hope I hope this is a start of, uh, you know, Nick Pope getting some continuous game time in the national team. Uh, but uh, on to who Pope will be protected by and at right back. Uh, this has been a tasty one because you have a lot of people to choose from, uh, from uh, likes of Kyle Walker, Kyle Walker-Peters, Kieran Trippier, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Reese James, um, and maybe even James Justin. You can pick a lot of people. But um, for me, it became a toss-up between Trippier and Kyle Walker-Peters. And I've gone with Trippier, mainly for the reason that um, he seems more proficient to be able to play either a uh, either in a back four or a back three if the situation demands it. He's become a lot more defensively stout under um, Diego Simeone. And right now, they're pretty clear on top of uh, La Liga. and. He's, you know, played no small part in that. And obviously, um, this is just an aside for the listeners. Uh, he's got himself into a spot of bother with a betting scandal. I won't bore you with the details. He's not going to be playing for a couple of games, but who knows? That might be reversed. But for me, it seems the right choice. He knows how to pick a cross well. He knows, um, you know, how to um, capitalize on the movements of uh, the front strikers, uh, either be it Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, Raheem Sterling. Um, he's a right kind of outlet to have. And I'll come a bit more about England's defensive responsibilities um, a little later. But for me, it has to be Kieran Trippier. It's our first disagreement, I think. <laughs> uh, just, to, just to clarify to listeners as well, we've, we've not, um, we're, we're disagreeing with Gareth Southgate. We're not putting 
three at the back. We're going four three three. We have souls. We're not we're not going to try and bore the nation to death. Uh, we've picked four three three for this. So Trippier as a right back, not right wing back. And like you know, I can't comment. I'm can't personally comment on Trippier. I mean, La Liga and Serie are one of the two leagues that I haven't watched this season in my bid to try and gain football knowledge. I guess I've heard a lot about Trippier's performances though. So I and. As you've done, the, as you always do the research, I'm not going to doubt that. I'm Kyle Walker Peters. I just, I see my choice before I, I dibble down one more. My my choice is Kyle Walker, and to me, it came down to uh, safe. <laughs> my, my my choice came down to Trent uh, Reese James, who I think has actually been really good in a really turgid Lampard side. Trippier and Kyle Walker, and I think they all bring different qualities. As he said Trippier. From what, like, what I can assume anyway, playing at Atletico, defensively a powerhouse now and must be one of the most well-drilled players in Spain. Rhys James is, like, he's incredible with his strength. He can bulldoze anybody off the ball. Trent is basically a creator at right back and he's actually pretty defensively solid. I think he's only dribbled past 0.4 times a game, which is actually one of the best in the league. But just spamming show... crosses at this point is not really doing him much. <laughs> yeah, I went with. See, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have touched Kyle Walker Peters. I think nowhere near ready. Kyle Walker himself, though, he's already played in international tournaments and he can slot into the back three like we did see in the 2018 World Cup. So it's all touching on the um, Trippier thing that you said can slot into a back three. I just think, I think one Walker's the the choice which is is a bit more in his prime, isn't Trippier coming into his 30s, I believe. Walker, Walker's 29 and he has got the speed that we all know about yeah. and he's got some good physicality. I, it's it's going to be hard for me you to pick one of Walker or Trippier, to be honest, because you've watched Trippier more than me. Yeah, but, I, think, what, I, think, I think at this point, it's also like, it, it bodes well for this. It all goes well for the strength of the entire squad. Um, and like, I've, I've, I've only picked Kyle Walker-Peters there because I think he's had an, like a real coming of age season with Southampton this time. Um, you know, he's being defensively sound. He knows how to drive up either, you know, cutting it onto his left and going into the center. It's he offers a bit more of a um like a surprise package. And I guess if either one of um, you know, Trippier or Walker really get injured or they're needed elsewhere, I think either Carl Walker Peters or Reese James can really start in. I really do rate Reese James both um, you know, being able to marshal the whole flank, but he won't have to do that. For uh, England, and I think why I picked Trippier is even in the previous tournaments, it's his ability to know how to play for the national team or versus know how to play in his athletic defensive setup. It's 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 being able to have that cognitive dissonance to know that okay, my abilities are best used in this position for my national team, but for the club teams, a little bit more, um, a little bit different. So it's a bit more adaptable play, and that's where his experience sort of gets him. See, I tell you what, I think. I think that's a solid argument. Like I said, I can't... I haven't watched him enough. And I, I do like Kyle Walker. So I think we should let this let this one go up to the debate of the listeners and Twitter. We'll, we'll let them pick Walker or Trippier because it feels good to get more opinions on that. But that's our only one. We're picking the rest of them. Yeah, no one else is picking our players. So let's move on to the centre-back duo. I'm starting it and I'm just going to quickly hit you two names. I think deserve it more than anyone. John Stones, Harry Maguire. Same two names as I've got. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, they, okay. they were, along with Kyle Walker, they were the um, 
center back pairing for Southgate and uh, I thought uh, Stones was uh, dead in the water and uh, right now he's keeping Imeric I- Laporte out of the team. So he's he's had a resurgence and City are looking like one of the strongest defensive units in England right now. Agreed, agreed. You've got the facts, you've got the notes. What, what makes you pick them over someone like Connor Cody who's come into form, Eric Dyer who's had some Prep like some good performances as a centre back. Wait, what makes you stand out for Maguire as well? Because I think Maguire is often quite maligned. He's he's easily memeable player. He's got a massive head and he's got the turning circle of a train. But I think he is a really really good centre back. As a Man United fan, what 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 makes him give you what what sort of protection? He takes command. He yeah. just takes command. You see, John Stones does a lot better with someone vocal like Ruben Diaz, who was the. Um, uh, captain or vice captain of Benfica before he came in, and Maguire is also that similar player. And um, John Stones also plays to the right of Diaz for City, and Maguire plays on the left of Lindelof for United. And so it sort of makes sense that way. He's you know um, like probably I would say one of the top three centre backs in the air, Harry Maguire, both offensively yes. and defensively. Yes, he doesn't get that many goals, but he gets on the end of it, and he can cause you trouble. And you know he's fit. His his fitness record is. Among centre backs is quite outstanding. He barely misses a game. He's 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 fairly sharp. Um, gets flat footed at times, but you know what? It's 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 almost like as England are evolving, you need some of those archetypal hard men. And I I feel like Maguire is the, one of the only ones left. I mean, you don't have those kind of players in the English setup anymore. Like I I could I could say Scott Parker was maybe one of the last of them, but Harry Maguire is that kind of like solid presence at the back. You know he won't shirk his defensive responsibility. He won't go, he won't pull a full Ramos and like charge up the field. He'll be there. He'll be the last man back. Yeah. When needed. Just to touch, and- on, the, uh, just, just touch on the aerial uh, side of his game as well. Maguire's got one of the best win rates across Europe. He's got a 76% aerial win rate, which is stunningly high. I know 76 cents can sound a bit low when you hear things like 80 exactly. and 90% pass accuracy, but for European centre-backs at heading, that is incredibly high and and the other thing is um you know from set pieces john stones and harry Maguire, like they're, they're this is where they can get goals and john stones just got to um for city and uh got one against united like that and he scored in the world cup as well as is harry Maguire. it's like when you have a set piece say it's a free kick from you know just outside the box and it's being whipped in when you have to defend against John Stones and Harry Maguire, yeah. it's almost like you forget, like, oh, Harry Kane, we have to, we have to, you know, keep an eye on him. We have to keep an eye on Eric Dyer or whoever else. And John Stones and Harry Maguire pop in, and it's, it yeah. throws all your plans to the, to the water. And I think this is the kind of pairing I'd like. Um, with time, I would like to see someone like Tyrone Mings maybe get a shot. He's one of the few left-footed centre backs that England have, and he's athletic. He's a bit hot-headed, but. I like that kind of player, and hopefully, you know, by the next tournament, um, he can really, um, you know, make a larger presence and yeah. Villa doing well. And no small part thanks to him. Yeah, yeah, I, li- I like that. That's a that was a nice note to hit on as well, Tyrone. Because he's had a great season, Aston Villa, one of the best defenses in the league as well. Okay, left back. I I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be shocked if you haven't chosen Ben Chilwell. I haven't. <laughs> who who can you choose? I'll tell you who I can choose. You've not chosen Bukayo Saka. No, it's d- big double J. One of the best fullbacks in the Premier League. James Justin, my hero for oh, fantasy Premier League. Oh. I've had him since week two, and I'll tell you why. 
James Justin this season has played left back, right back, center back, center midfield, right mid and left mid. However, when he's played at left back, despite him being a right footer, it's it's almost like he can completely be two separate people when he's playing left back or right back. And I like him because he's the more inverted sort of fullback when he's on the right. He is athletic. He retains the ball well. He knows um, how to build a proper relation with his defense. He's played all across the defense. And I really feel that, you know, he could be the Swiss Army knife that um, Gareth Southgate will, you know, really need to um, uh, have in his back pocket. And I think he deserves a start. He's been great for Leicester. Leicester have been fantastic. And Bruno Fernandes has just scored a goal. Bottom right corner, free kick. Oh, you can edit that out. You can no, 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 we're keeping it. We're keeping the live, <laughs> keeping the live excitement in there. I tell you what, I did not expect James Justin to come in, but this is this is the spice I was saying. But I'll 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 prioritize Ben Chilwell. Very good fullback. His fitness concerns me. His fitness definitely has, concerns yeah, has... me because getting a right run of games to the tournament does matter, and this is where my foreshadowing coming to life now this is where defensively i think england will need to really make a calculated choice because in tournaments clean sheets don't really clean sheets one all draws they don't really win you matches you win matches by scoring goals and i feel like in this type of era like you need a fullback to keep pushing up and keep providing that outlet and i uh Ben Chilwell, it's it's all just a fitness uh, issue for me. If he if he if he is fit, uh, if he keeps fit for like a month or um, two months before, you know, it'll be really good. But um, this is where the I uh, will tell the listeners uh, the next games they have are San Marino, Poland, and Albania. This is coming in later March. These are World Cup qualifiers against relative minnows. So this would be the perfect breeding ground for someone like Southgate to sort of experiment with his team, get to know who his best players yeah. are. I think I think but, Justin I think Justin's a smart choice. I think he could push Chilwell, but I do think I I I, I respect the the fitness issue, but I think Chilwell is he has to be nailed on starter just because he's at, he's been one of the more consistent performers at Chelsea. He's one of the players who hasn't really put a foot wrong. He's also got four assists and two goals from left back as well. He's really good at running up and down the channel, uh, the, channel the far left hand side. He's very good at marshalling that. He also hasn't made an error this season. And uh, I think James, uh, James Justin has also made one error, which obviously is not too much. But James Justin's 22, Chilwell's 24. I think experience should be prioritised. But then again, yeah, but- it'd be interesting to see how the second half of the season pans out. Yeah, Justin as a fullback has got the most clearances, interceptions, blocks and shields as well. So depending on who he might pick at right back, that might influence his decision at left back. But it's also worth noting out of the, with an asterisk that um, Luke Shaw is having is in some of the best form of his life. That's a good yes, point he's not well. he's not assisting, he's not scoring goals, but the way he's playing at United is maturity uh, beyond anything else. He's finally become a better pass for Harry Maguire coming out. He knows how to pass. He drives through the center with the aplomb of, a, of an experienced Italian center mid. Um, and he's now developing a very good relation with Marcus Rashford, which again will augur well for the national team. Um, you know, he's 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 putting his name up there and he's consistent. He's being picked over Alex Tallis. He's right now playing for the best team in England. Let's see how long that claim lasts. Um and 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 he's there. He's um had another he's having another good game. Yeah, he's having, a, he's having a good year. Right I now. think I think for left back, just just assume because I think it's a bit unfair to say. 
we expect Chilwell to be unfit, so you shouldn't pick. I, I think we should go with Chilwell, but I think it'd be a nice to- yeah, nice topic to revisit near the end because Luke Shaw could rise up and so could um uh, so could James Ryan Justin. Ryan Bertrand as well having a nice season. All right, let's move on to CDM. So this is this is where this is where it could get complex because I've taken one defensive midfielder and two sort of eight and eight and a halves or like a eight and a ten and a half. But at at the base, who have you got the at the base of midfield? Declan Rice. Interesting. (laughs) What about you? What about you? Um, tell 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 me tell tell me a bit more about why 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 you want uh, Declan Rice uh, in the center. I love the player, but. uh, Give me, give me, give me, give me a bit of the sauce. So first to counter with Declan Rice, I guess I, I've spoken a lot about experience. He's 22, so again, a bit on the younger side. But Rice has played quite a lot for England. In fact, he's been most like a player who's mostly played for England, especially in recent fixtures. He's been playing for West Ham for three years now, pretty much in the first team. So he's got a lot of match experience, and he's been really competent and impressive. Now. This is the one issue I would have with him, possibly, and especially is the same thing with James Justin, is that they both boast good defensive statistics, but they play in teams that like to sit deep. So it'd be interesting because yeah, England are a team that's that, more in their favour. Yeah, England uh, play a bit more front foot, so it'd be interesting how they work there. But I think Rice is a smart pick, not only because he is competent, he's got 87% pass accuracy, he rarely loses the ball, completes yeah. 81% of his dribble, so... That's a healthy completion rate too. He can also slot into a back three as Chelsea have been chasing him. They've at Chelsea were even pursuing him to possibly be a centre back, as reported by the Athletic. So I think the fact that he can play at CDM or if Southgate mid game goes, you know, I need to transition here to a back three. Declan Rice can sit further yeah, back. Sort of, sort of a bit like what Matic is doing for us. However, I've gone with the experienced Liverpool captain, Jordan Henderson. You might have him somewhere else in the I team. Do. I do have him and somewhere I, else. I, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because when I watch England, uh, he only plays Declan Rice and or James Ward-Prowse and or Calvin Phillips in a double pivot. It's boring. It's yes. static. It's yes. no, no sort of outlet. When you have Jordan Henderson, his first instinct is to look over his shoulder and see, okay, who's ahead? Who's ahead? Let me try and run to them or let me try and make a short pass, make the move and come in. I like Jordan Henderson and he's a player who's really turned me around since his Sunderland days. Um, he's one of the only Liverpool players left who's overseen you know, them from ninth place finishers to you know being the captain of the Champions League and Premier League winning team. He's definitely a player I want. Liverpool are always lacking when he's not playing. Um, and he's a player I like. He provides good industry, balanced work rate with timing, you know, good shot from the outside if uh, push comes to shove. And uh, he, he he's at that right experience level where, you know, this is his time. Um, this is definitely... He had a good World Cup as well. And um, he's also shafted in that semifinal where he had to basically track both Ivan Rakitic and Luka Modric. I think I mentioned this in the last time we talked about England. But yeah. at the base of midfield, I have Jordan Henderson. I, I think we should explore the full midfield trident then because I think that's the only way we could pick it. So I went with I I did pick Jordan Henderson. I've gone with Declan Rice at the base. Jordan Henderson is sort of box to box because I think he's really good going forward and a great leader on the pitch. And it, like I said, he definitely needs to be in the team. And then on the left side, some fans are gonna hate me, but I have chosen Mason Mount. What about yeah. you? What's your midfield trident? Um it's 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 funny you mentioned that because I have Mount as well. Um, but I have Mount as a sort more, you know, a sort of left midfielder, left um, central midfielder hybrid. 
I like him. I like Mason Mount. He's been one of the best performers uh, of this, as you mentioned, turgid Chelsea side. He's got um, he's got legs for days. You know, he can come up with a very good pass. Um, he's industrious. Yeah. Again, if if not unpolished, but beside him, I've actually gone for James Madison. And this is going to shock a few people because um, because Jack Jack Grealish and James Madison always come up in the same sentencing. Um, I'll tell you why James Madison because Jack Grealish and I've mentioned this for a while. Uh, even when I've seen him in the few times I've seen him in England, it's yes he scored a goal as well, but is a bit of a big fish in a little pond syndrome, um, where I think he's afforded the kind of flexibility in space at Villa, which he's unlikely to get at the English national team. Now, when you look at James Madison, he either plays right behind Vardy or he comes into link-up play with uh, from uh, Tielemans or Ndidi. He has very good relations with the white players. He's in great form right now. Um, and I feel... You know, if if Mount had to move a bit to the left or if Henderson came a bit to the right, I feel marshalling that centre, James Madison would be very good. And I think it's 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 high time he deserves, you know, more consistent call-ups. So I've gone with the midfield of Jordan Henderson, James Madison, and Mason Mount, because England need goals, England need to be on the front foot. They need uh, to yeah. they need to lay down their marker. I'm I'm gonna bend I'm gonna bend my my view to you a bit. So I think I, 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 I'm gonna. I think that having Madison and Mount in the same midfield, I think that's a little. It, that would depend on your position. I think I can't actually remember England's group off the top of my head. I should have had it down with me, but um, I feel like against the lower teams, that would be a good selection. But I, I would like. It's a bit thin. It's a bit thin. I'll, 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 I'll concede. It's a bit thin. So I, I think they're both. Too, I think they're both forward thinking, and it would be harsh to leave Jordan Henderson, who isn't typically a six, although he has played centre back pretty well <laughs> this season yeah. at the base. I, but I think even though Mason Mount has been good, he's incredibly hardworking. He's also very diligent. He follows the coach's uh, instructions perfectly. It's why Frank Lampard adopted him as his son. I've and looked, Southgate likes him. Yeah, Southgate likes him as well. I think Madison actually. Madison's been class this season. I think he's continuously improved year on year as well. I, I'd like to propose Declan Rice at the base for the reasons I suggested before. Jordan Henson on the right side. So Jordan Henson can obviously go forward or sit back. And James Madison on the left. Yeah. It, 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 yes and no, because I don't think James Madison would be particularly good on the left as maybe someone like, you know... Um, he, uh, someone like Mason Mount, has more uh, has a larger procl- proclivity to play from that um, area. Uh, it's 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 a hard decision. I don't think England have the discipline to play a diamond. I don't think they have the discipline. They don't. Know, I think yeah. I think I think I also think the diamond in midfield is vaguely overrated because it depends a lot on having some of the most world class um, full uh, some of the most world class fullbacks. You know, providing with like match in and match out and. England can do that if they want to, but Southgate isn't that excitable. He won't. He'll play more defensively. He's in qualifiers. He's played. Um, he's played what seven seven defenders in one game, or um, you know seven yeah. defensively minded um, defensively minded players. But we'll 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 touch back on the we'll touch back on the CM equation because I think if we can make a consensus on Henderson, Rice, and um, uh, Mount. Mm. Yeah, Henderson, Rice, and Mount. Oh, Henderson, Mount. I don't. I just want James Madison there. I'm being. I, 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 I love. I really like Mason Mount, but I just think I think Madison offers offers a bit more going forward. I I actually saw there's a really really good thread recently 
Um, it was by actually last week's Eurowatch Player of the Week winner. It was a bad Chelsea takes. He did a, he did a great flow chart to answer people who think Mason Mount is the best player in the world, and I, I do like Mount, but <laughs> he point he pointed out that uh, most of Mount's I I'm pretty certain Mount has only one open play assist in the last year, and most of these attacking contributions actually come from set pieces. So as long I, as they come yeah. from somewhere. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, my opinion. As long as it come from somewhere, I tell you what. Let's let's revisit it after we settle on the front three, because maybe Cause, because I think maybe that might more controversy here. <laughs> um. Okay. Right. Let's let's get one player out of the way. Harry Kane. You're, 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 yes. Yes. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> right. No way. No way. No way in the world. Uh, uh, unless unless Jamie Vardy decides to come out of retirement, I think uh, Jamie Vardy should come out of retirement. Um. I really think he should with his form. But uh, you know, it's 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 a weird situation uh, to be in, and I feel like um, Rashford and uh, Rashford and Sterling have played enough for England to provide the right kind of support. Yes, yeah, I think if yeah, we're gonna go with. Uh, you think you're going to the same uh, same pair as me, Rashford and Sterling on the wings? Yep, yep. Um, Flip flopping on both sides, behind and in front, because all three of them can score, all three of them can assist, and all three of them. To a certain extent, can play from wide. We had uh, Rashford provide a peach of a crossfield long ball to Rashford today. No, no, sorry to Mason Greenwood today, and he plays well for England. I'll, 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 I'll say that in no small part. Yeah. Um, there is depth. There is depth to England's um, attacking options. You don't have to wrap uh, Ricky Lambert in cotton wool like we did, um, you know, <laughs> the last Euros. Thank God. Um, <laughs> uh, we have, we have, we have. Uh, England have better players. England have the likes of Jack Grealish. They have Jaden Sancho. And, uh, you know, you Jaden Sancho is a bit of a wild card right now. What do you think? Um, so, S- Sancho... <sighs> Sancho's having a bit of a bad season in comparison to his others. Seven assists, two goals, which is still good, but it's not like... It's not the Sancho levels where he's getting 20 and 20 in both. And he was... Maybe this is a more realistic... Um performance yeah i think the issue with sancho has always been that on the international duty he's been really poor he's played about 13 games and got only got about two or three goals and he's just not offered the same thing i think the issue is on the right wing it's a trent issue as well it's It's... sancho can't perform for england and trent can't perform for england because they're not set up the way like they used to be dortmund came second last year because achraf akimi went on an absolute tear and like drag defenders all over the place so Sancho could cut in, dribble, assist and score. Yeah. And I think I at right wing I was about to say it's a bit bit complicated because I know in the last World Cup Sterling came under a lot of flack because he was made to play he was made to play such a a, a selfless role behind Harry Kane. He was just making he is literally just told, please make runs, disturb their defence. We're probably not going to find you with most of the passes, which he wasn't found with. But mm. I, I like left wing. Let's, let's touch on. I, I think our reasoning might be a bit different in terms for Rashford. My reasoning for Rashford is that England need as many big personalities in the team as possible. Kane, Kane I'm not sure if you've seen the All or Nothing documentary, but Harry Kane's team talks are like a three year old having a tantrum. Marcus Rashford. Oh, right, lads, let's do it, lads, let's do it. So you're going, fucking win, boys, fucking win. No, uh, Marcus Rashford, he's been the nation's hero for the past year and a half. And I think he's really, 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 really mature for a young man. And that's going to come in with a lot of leadership, a lot of respect. Whereas, I'm not sure if you've uh, seen before, Ritik, but I remember Frank Lampard and Rio Ferdinand speaking before how, how um, 
in previous international tournaments, club rivalries actually kind of made it difficult to play with. Exactly, where people sitting at different parts of yeah, the yeah. camaraderie. And you could see that in the last World Cup performance. This was a United England. Yeah, and I think, I was... think Rashford makes it even more United because he's like, every footballer's come out and praised him. He's so respected. So I think playing him and Scott... And he's not slacking on performance Yes, either. go into it. Could have easily just rested on his laurels, but like he is not. He even assisted to, even scored and assisted today. So, uh, you know, it's, it, he's the kind of player you want. Um, but it, 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 it's interesting. My worry about England is, you know, bar maybe Jack Relish, and if, if you want to take an out-of-left-field option, um, it, it, it's hard to find many left-footed English uh, players. And it's it's kind of sad. And one of the attacking midfielder and other options that both of us have actually completely left out, and I had him in my notes, is um, is uh, Phil Foden. Mm. He's been having a remarkable season for City, it, popping up everywhere from, you know, false center forward to left midfielder to right midfielder. He, hopefully, like players like him, Grealish, Sancho, uh, Rashford, this, these are the people that the team should be built around. England have got a very talented pool of players. They have. More so than more so than in previous seasons. And the question will be like this World Cup, this Euro performance will show whether Southgate is the right man for the job. I think England got a bit fortunate last time with their draws, but this is I mean, they lost every game they played to a big team. And they just got it past a Hamas less Colombia on penalties. It's I I think the um, I think uh, I mean we should we I think what we have settled on with this front three I think that's it, it definitely settles James Madison. James Madison's a player who's been built in a counter-attack inside. And with Rashford yeah. and Sterling, players who are going to run in behind, they're not going to... Maybe Sterling is a bit more likely to drop deep, whereas Rashford's a bit more a bit more advanced. You need Madison, I think, to be that link between the players, almost like a, a, a false eight, as they call it. He's more of a 10, but drops deep. Exactly. So I think I think the, the Rice-Henderson... Um, Madison midfield is settled now, but is there any other players then? So you've mentioned Grealish and mentioned Foden. Personally, I think Foden is, I think, is a bit of a risk to start him. What other players were you considering? Not, not Callum Hudson or Doyle, were you? <laughs> no, um, some you know, some people like, um, I'll, I'll go over like the whole team's kind of bench. Uh, you know, obviously, between either Nick Pope or Pickford, one of them will be benched, one of them will start. Um, I like kind of uh, you know I like I like a few old school players. This is a man who's been criminally overlooked by the English national setup, and that's actually Mark Albrighton. Um, he has he has one of the most dynamic right feet I've ever seen in the champ in the Leicester winning season. You know, whereas Mares and uh, Vardy would have taken products. Like Mark Albrighton was a ticking heart of that team, and he's kept himself in that team. He's kept himself in that team. And he's proven himself last year, proven himself this year. Ayuse Paris doesn't play much anymore. He plays more. Um, it's sort of like oh, he's, he's, he's a sort of like old stalwart player who, you know, maybe if you give him the chance, he'll find you out. It's that's a nice uh, yeah, uh, that, again, that's a really good shout there. I you know another player I thought I perhaps he could be used a bit more in a tactical sense. James Ward Prowse, England shown, especially in the last World Cup, how dominant they are in set pieces, and Harry Maguire was a big part of that. With James Warpouse's delivery, I think yeah. that buys him a spot in the England team just it, because it he buys, will be the best him, delivery. Yeah, it buys him definitely for that if, you know, England aren't getting goals, but constantly having 
Kane, Maguire, Stones, Rashford competing for corners. He doesn't get much accurate than the big day uh, than JWP. And yeah. um, his yeah. his free kick his his free kick style and conversion is like nothing else I've ever seen. His best best English uh, dead ball um, specialist. I mean, you haven't seen a dead ball specialist like that since Leighton Baines. Um, and I I I just I just really like the player. Um, I think where it's gonna get a little not controversial, but I think his choices at centre back will really define him because we're, we'll obviously still wait for Joe Gomez to come back to full fitness. You know, you have the likes of, as you mentioned, Connor Cody. You have, uh, you know, Declan Rice could come in in the back three. Kyle Walker's played in the back three. But um, it's 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 going to be incumbent upon Southgate. Does he want to be pragmatic or does he want to be play some inspiring football? Yes. And I think the time for pragmatism is dead. I think now is the time to put up a shut up. England have a good chance of surprising people in this tournament. And it's uh, they, they they should just take it. If we see and just re- back five yeah. or two defensive midfielders, I'm gonna cry. And just revisiting their group, they're playing Croatia, Scotland, and Czech Republic. It does get a lot more difficult after that. They could be playing against the likes of Spain, Germany, France, or Portugal. But in that group alone, you're gonna be coming up against Scotland and Czech Republic, who will be pragmatic. Croatia, who stifled them last time when mm-hmm. England played three in the back. I do think they need to be a bit bold. So we said before that where we think Gareth Southgate's England team which was Kieran Trippier at left wing back and Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips at centre mid. We thought that would finish in the quarterfinals. Do you think the team we've selected today has the potential to go further then? I think it has a potential to do more damage in more clinical ways. Is, is that the way England are going to play out? Maybe, maybe not. I think England have a better team than their coach knows how to deal with. I think that's, that's, that's the long and short of it. And that's I would great. like... Um, I like Gareth Southgate. I like what he's done. But sometimes, you know, some good managers reach a logical conclusion to what, what they've done. Um, you know, Chris Coleman for Wales as well. Um, uh, sometimes you can lead a horse. Fucking lower Germany. Yeah, lower Germany. Um, they might reach a logical conclusion. I, I, I'd give Southgate a shot. Um, it's 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 a very shitty job being the England manager. I'll 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 say it. Like I've I've been watching I've been watching this national team play since '96. Um, it's it's a terrible job to have, but uh, I you know I I wouldn't be averse to maybe a foreigner taking it um, maybe down the line. But you know we've got Gareth Southgate, we've got good talented players. Make the most of what they have, and yeah, I think this is a good English setup. We've obviously yeah. got some bench options. You, you've got game changers in this team. You've got game yeah. changers in this team. Hopefully, it doesn't come to the point where we need to rely on them a bit more than we should. I think we'll see. Southgate has said, just to leave England fans for the final way, Southgate has said that Euro preparations have been an incredible challenge with COVID going on. But hopefully, as Ritik smartly pointed out in the, the start of the episode with the potential for England hosting the tournament, we might get a bit of luck. Because if we get to celebrate England winning the Euros in the pubs, that will make 2021 worth it. But I think we'll call it for that. I, I'd like to just say I agree with Ritik as well. I think the team we've selected could go further than a pragmatic Southgate team, but we'll have to see. Now, I'm going to leave you with the question we all wait for every time we do yeah. this. The, the, the guess who? Now, this one is a play I'm going to say we haven't mentioned, but we might, we probably should have. Okay, I'm going to leave you with two clues this way. Make it a bit more okay. difficult. All right. I spent my youth at a club near the coast of England, but I didn't actually play for the team until over 10 years later. Second clue is, 
despite being one of the top strikers in England, I only have three national team appearances since my debut in 2015. So you have until we next film the podcast to get that right. Ritik, don't say it if you know it, but do you know this one? I'm only gonna say one thing, but I'm 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 probably wrong. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say big man Danny Ings. <laughs> we'll see if you're right or wrong when the podcast goes out. But we're gonna call it for that today. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>